Good morning, welcome to Faith Brook Church. I'm Chrissy Thompson, our Children's and Family Director. Um, it's so good to see you this morning, and if you are online, welcome to you as well. Well, at Faith Brook, we don't want you to be just a face in the crowd or just another number. We want to get to know you and have you be connected here at Faith Brook. So if you're newer here, please grab the blue connection card from the seat pocket in front of you, fill it out, and drop it in the giving box, and we'll follow up with you and get you connected here at Faith Brook. Well, a few Sundays ago, we heard from Pastor Jim about our vision here at Faith Brook. And the only way we can make that impact on our community is with your help and your action. A great way to love God, love people, and to journey together is through, yes, volunteering. I know that volunteering can be a lot of hard work and can take your time, but it is also really fun and can be very rewarding as well. Not to mention that you get to connect with all your teams and get to know people here at Faithbrook. God has given each of you special gifts and abilities, and just so happens we need special gifts and abilities here at Faithbrook. So if you would, please grab a red card from the seat pocket in front of you and fill it out and drop it into our giving box on the way out. We would love to follow up with you to see how what God has given you for gifts and abilities line up with our mission and vision here at Faithbrook. So let's now welcome our lead pastor, Jim Comfort, as we continue our series, Taking Care of Business. Did you know, according to the American Psychological Association, a study found that 72% of Americans feel stressed about money management sometime in their week. Do you think that's true? The majority of Americans are a little stressed about money management? With the economic uncertainties and the high inflation, maybe you have found yourself a little bit anxious on managing or taking care of your financial business. Would you say it's one of the top issues that you wrestle with every week, maybe every month? Well, this is one of the subjects that we're going to be talking about in our series, Taking Care of Business. Now, this was not inspired by the 1970s edition Bachman Turner Overdrive, um, but it was inspired by the words of Christ in Luke 4 when his parents came to find him in the synagogue and they asked him, what are you doing here? And he said, didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? I had to take care of my father's business. And in this series, we are looking at some particular personal businesses of our own that are not only ours, but also our father's. Now, we kicked it off last week with looking at one of the most important issues that we wrestle with every day almost, and that is our occupation. If you're still working, uh, slaving away out there, we know that the work is very important. And we discovered that work is from God. It can be a blessing, but more importantly, work can be for God. Now, today, we're going to be uh, diving into the subject of taking care of our financial, personal a business. Uh, money management can be a stressful part of life, is it not? There's a lot of decisions, there's a lot of uh, options, there's a lot of opinions out there. 
We need money to survive. We need money to have some pleasures. But money is also very personal. In fact, anytime a minister is talking about uh, money, everyone gets a little bit anxious, right? Oh, no, here goes that preacher guy trying to uh, grab your wallet, right? So it's okay. You can think that. You kind of can relax. Um, but we're going to be diving into this uh, ticklish, um, important subject of our financial business. How do we take care of it? Well, did you know that Jesus knew that it would be a very important uh, subject in our life, everyday life? In fact, in his teachings, Jesus spoke a lot about wealth or possession, possessions, uh, management 15% of the time. 11 out of his 39 parables had to do with dealing with um, money management or uh, how we um, look at money. In fact, in the Bible, there's over 2,300 um, scriptures on financial uh, management and the view of wealth. So this morning, maybe you're here in person or maybe you're online watching us. I just want us to kind of lean in and maybe we can learn something from the scriptures to take care of our financial business, our personal business, uh, uh, better, more wisely. And so where we're going to go today is one of the parables that Jesus talked about possessions and management of those possessions, and it's found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 16. It's his parable about this rich guy who gave some resources to a manager. And Luke recorded it this way. Jesus told his disciples... There was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, what do I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be manager any longer. Uh, So this this owner, this rich man, uh, gives this responsibility to this manager. Another word for manager is steward. Stewardship means someone that is an overseer, someone that's been given authority to to take charge, uh, have responsibility of of the owner's possessions. Uh, And all of a sudden, we found that he's not being a very good manager. He's wasting it. He's careless, right? And so the boss calls him on the carpet it says, give it an account. I've, I've been watching, I've heard, and you know what? You're not doing very good. You are fired. All of a sudden, the manager's got a problem. <clears throat> the manager said to himself, well, what should I do now? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig. I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their home. Uh, so this manager's like, oh, okay, man, I got a chance to be homeless, right? I'm in trouble. I got to do something. I need a bailout plan. And so he starts making friends quickly. Jesus continued to teach. So he called each one of the master's debtors and asked the first, well, how much do you owe my master? Well, 900 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, well, take your bill, sit down quickly and make it 450. In other words, half. Then he asked the second, and how much do you owe? Oh, a thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, well, take your bill and make it 800. So this manager now is giving deep discounts, right? He, he's cutting deals. He's acting very shrewdly, right, on his behalf because he's in trouble. And so Jesus comments on this. He says the master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. 
Now, we don't use that word uh, shrewdly, but shrewdly uh, comes from the Hebrew, root, Hebrew word phronemos, which means to act smart, to be uh, skilled, to use wisdom uh, to maneuver in, in your life, to be shrewd. And here, he, and then he goes on, for the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than on the people of light. What's Jesus saying here? He, he's noticed that the people are not even following God. They seem to be smarter. They seem to be wiser with their worldly wealth, even for their own benefit, than sometimes people who are following God. So he's kind of wrapping it up here, and Jesus says, I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves. There, there's some benefit in this, to bless your friends, to, to help them, so that when it's gone, and he notes that somewhere our wealth is going to be gone, We can't take it with us. So what's going to count in the future? You will be welcome into eternal dwellings. Jesus is always thinking about the eternal. He's always thinking about the soul. He's always talking about laying up treasures in the eternal, the, the heavens. And what are we doing with that? Be smart. Use the wealth that you've been given, not only to make friends and bless them, but make sure You're storing things up for the eternal dwellings. And so he brings it down to this kind of teaching here. It's very important. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling wealth or worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? What's on Christ's heart for your life and my life is these true riches. And a lot of times how we manage or steward the the possessions he has given us makes a difference in the true things of life and especially the eternal things. Things like, like hope and joy and faith and satisfaction. True riches of contentment. True riches of blessings and and building into friends or our family and eventually having a heavenly home for eternity. See, I think what Jesus was trying to say to us and them today when it comes to taking care of the business of our fi- personal finances is God is looking for people who will leverage what he has provided. Are we being shrewd? Are we being good stewards? Now, this is, if this is true, it's God is looking for people he can trust, people who will be smart and wise and leverage the possessions that he's given to you. What does that look like? How do we leverage? How do we get smart and wise going forward? If this is a value to you, and obviously it's a value to Christ. Well, let me offer you an acrostic with the word wise. I think Christ is looking for us to get wise on our money management, our our personal management. And here's four um, words or letters that can help you remember if you want to get uh, leverage, if you want to get wise and personal finances to take care of those better. The first one would be W, wise with health or wealth, wise with wealth. Uh, In other words, it's not so much knowledge, that's going to be important, but how we view wealth. 
If you have kind of any kind of income, any kind of resources and money, then to some degree you're, you're, you're wealthy. In fact, if you look at the, the rest of the world, you're pretty much rich. Uh, if you live anywhere close uh, in, in Maple Grove uh, area, right? Uh, so how do we view that? See, what he's saying is that the rich man, he really looks, he's like God. And we are the managers. He's given us our wealth. He's given us our income. We see evidence of this in the Bible. In John 3, John the Baptist says, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. James kind of backs this up. He says, Every good and perfect gift is from heaven. So if you have some blessings in your life, if you're able to have a, a decent home, if you've got a, a car that runs, maybe you can have some pleasures once in a while, uh, have some good things in your life, it's from God. A lot of times we have this turned around. Uh, we, we think because we earned it, uh, because we, we strive for it, then it's ours. But God has given us the ability to be educated. Maybe you have a work ethic. Maybe you're creative or smart in certain ways. And because you're way you're wild, wired, you've been successful and, and had some good. It comes from God. It's kind of a mind shift on how we view uh, wealth, that we are the managers. We're not the owners. We think we're the owners, right? But God is the rich person says, I'm going to allow you to have some benefits and have some income in your life. One of my favorite stories is, is the, um, the, the son who loved McDonald's French fries, right? He just he craved them, loved them. And so his dad was going to bless him and said, hey, son, let's go have lunch at McDonald's and I'm going to buy you a, a big, large thing of those golden fries, right? He's like, yeah, great. So they go to the McDonald's, he buys them the largest one. They sit down, they start having lunch, right? And those golden fries are just looking wonderful and crispy. And, and his dad says, son, could I have a couple of those French fries? And immediately his son's like, whoa, I don't know. I love those French fries. And he's like, no, dad, no, you can't have any, right? Because the son is just like, I want them all, right? Maybe the son's thinking there's not enough for me to share, right? And I need them for myself. And so no, dad. Now, can you imagine what the dad is thinking? Son, do you know who you're talking to right here, right, son? I have the power to grab those French fries out from under you immediately, so do you understand that who bought the French fries? Really? You don't realize, but I own those French fries, okay? I mean, I produce those French fries for you that you now think it's so yours, right? And you're so scared that you're not going to have enough to give some away. Son, I got enough money to buy 50 of those things. And yes, you are sitting there all worried that you don't have enough French fries and that they're, they're your French fries. I would submit to you that's how we view our money, Right? that it's ours. We earned it. And God's like, no, you have no idea that I'm the one that blessed you to be able to earn that. I'm watching you. I'm watching to see who can be trustworthy. So the W stands for being wise on how we view wealth in the first place. Now, I, I want to suggest that it's wise with investment. See, money will manage you or you will manage money. Fools don't really take time to invest their money. They don't, time, they don't take uh, the intentionality to um, put their money in certain places. But the shrewd person, the wise steward, understands about the benefit of investing. Benjamin Franklin was very wise. He says, an investment in knowledge pays the best interest. Are we investing on learning more about money management? 
Uh, for instance, there's a lot of resources in the Bible, especially in Proverbs. There's a lot of principles there that we can learn. And the Proverbs, Solomon, who wrote it, was one of the wisest men in history. For instance, in uh, Proverbs 13, he says, wealth gained hastily dwindles. Everyone wants to make uh, fast money, right? But whoever gathers little bit by little will increase it. So how can we um, invest better? So can I give you four places that, that I would recommend that you invest in? Uh, the first one, probably the big one, is invest in knowledge about financial management. Um, knowledge can pay the best interest as Benjamin Franklin said, one of the things I want to recommend you if you don't have a resource for financial management is Dave Ramsey's Financial uh, Peace uh, University, basically. Uh, Dave Ramsey is a national known radio uh, host that deals with personal financial matters. He is a a Christ first uh, God follower for sure. Um, we don't have his radio shows too much in Minnesota, but the rest of the nations, he's super popular. Well, he produces a, a nine-week course called Financial Peace, and uh, many people maybe here have taken that. I know Terry and I have taken that, right? It really sets you up for some peace in your personal finances and, and some health. So he's really wanting us to, uh, through this, we're investing in wisdom and knowledge to know how. And part of this know-how and this knowledge is to invest in savings. Uh, it's, it's key um, to invest in some savings. That hold a little portion back because we know that um, we will always have some problems, right? There's, there's going to be a rainy day. And if we don't have an emergency fund, then there's going to be some problems. I appreciate what Zig Ziglar said. He says, expect the best, but prepare for the worst, right? Expect the best. But we know that we got to prepare because there's going to be some issues. And if we don't have a little thing and saved, then it's really going to stress us out. Uh, thirdly, I would encourage you to invest in the long term. Uh, to set a portion of back that we are investing for uh, the f- future, maybe even retirement. There, there's a blessing that we can have a peace that when we get to that point of retirement, there's an egg nest there. And we can still be available to bless. We can live securely and safely, safely because we have invested in the long term. And the fourth one is to invest in God's kingdom. God's kingdom, right? These eternal riches that Jesus talks about. What is on the heart of God? Where does he want to put some of our money to invest in his things and in God things? I think this is what Jesus is talking about when he says, whoever can be trusted with a very little can also be trusted with much. So we are we wise with investments in knowledge, in savings, in the long term, and especially in God's kingdom. Now, the S I want to submit to you uh, stands for wise with spending. Oh, apparently the, the manager was a little sloppy and reckless with managing the owner's possessions, right? He, he, he maybe overspent. Do you think it's easy to overspend in these days, right? Is there always some kind of marketer and advertisement and deal out there that you just can't wait, that you have to have it now, right? Have you ever had a buyer's remorse that you stepped out and went, and then it's like, I don't know if that was the wisest thing. I think what Jesus is is, uh, um, counseling us to do is to get shrewd, to get smart. How we spend or not spend. Now, 
One of our issues that we challenge is we live in a capitalistic society. I love America. I love capitalism, right? But capitalism is going to make sure that the consumers are always discontented, right? Uh, they, if they're going to sell their product, somehow they got to make sure that you are feeling discontented about the product that you bought three years ago. It's just not good enough, right? It's not cool enough. And they got the biggest, baddest, right? Let's just start with uh, cell phones, right? I mean, I, two years ago, I thought I had the greatest. And I'm watching these commercials and talking to my friends. Next thing you know, I got to get the latest, right? I got to have four lenses for cameras and all this kind of stuff because there's a new belts and whistles, right? And it's this drive to get more. Before we know it, we're just, we're just spending uh, when we don't need to spend, right? We're not living contently. And it's so easy, to just use the tool of debt and credit, right? Retailers love us to, to uh, enjoy credit and credit cards. Have you ever noticed that every retailer you walk out, they're always asking, hey, Mr. Comfort, today you can get that for 50% off if you uh, sign up for our credit card, right? And, and the ones that are not very wise are like, really? 50% off? Oh, let me have that credit card. Number 21, number 22, right? Why would they do that? Why would they go through the hassle? Because they know the majority of people are not going to be wise. The majority of people are not going to pay that back, right? And they get to slap interest on us, right? And before you know it, that product is costing us a lot more than the initial deal because we don't have the discipline to pay off those credit cards. The experts tell us that the, the average American has over uh, $6,000 in credit card debt, and there is interest on there. It's so easy to get in debt. But the Bible talks about being shrewd, being wise, and managing our money. Uh, for instance, in Proverbs, again, 22, uh, the rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is a slave of the lender. We are always bowing down to the, the lender, the, the, the creditor that we need to pay. Now, I, I, I want you to know that it's not like Jesus is not saying that don't spend. Uh, Jesus is not anti-spending, right? Jesus is like, hey, uh, use your money wisely. Have some pleasures. And enjoy life. Absolutely. But the way we think is not always the way the world thinks. We also see Jesus say, you know, you're in this world, but you're not of this world. I think Jesus, when he says, you know, sometimes the world uh, sometimes is more shrewd. He, sometimes Jesus is like, man, you're always getting caught up in the things of this world. Be smarter. Don't be so, if you will, dumb, right? We can do better with money management and even the deal with spending. I remember Terry and I were, were young. We were just married. We were probably somewhere we were just about to have our first child, and we were trying to scrape together our careers and, and, and money. And the church is the first one that really introduced us to living wisely with the funds that uh, God gave us to. They, they, they taught us that it's really uh, not your funds, it's God's funds. And so God is asking you to be responsible and be good stewards of what he's given. If you ever make a lot of money, a low money, it's yours. And so we started learning uh, how to be more frugal, how to be more wise. I, I remember in those days, uh, we, we got caught up and we bought our, uh, our uh, first car, a brand new car. It was the first one in the last brand new car off the, the car lot that we ever did in our life. It was the last one because we, we learned that's probably not the wisest financial decision. 
Because once you drive it off the car lot, it depreciates like 10% automatically. And we just learned that we can do things a little bit smarter. We can buy maybe a, a, a one that's close to being new, but not brand new. We, we learned if we pay extra uh, principal on the car loan, before we know it, we could pay it off and then keep the car, right? And take those monthly payments and put it away to save. And you do that two or three times, before you know it, you can buy a car with cash. And those dealers like cash. So there's these wise principles that you can use through your life. Um, we, we have found that we can find a lot of good deals on Facebook Marketplace. Can I get an amen, right? Instead of going down to the showroom, I can maybe get the same sofa, right? Somebody used it for a year for half the price. I got a pickup, get some friends. How about that? Uh, my wife learned to be a great hunter. I don't know if you know this, but my wife is a great hunter. Yes. You know, um, a lot of times men, they're notorious for being hunters. There, there a lot of times, some, honey, I'm going hunting this fall, right? Because I want to get a big deal, man. I want to bag a, a, a big buck, and so they will scope it out, man. There's been a lot of um, focus on finding their place, setting up their deer stands, right? Zooming in their scope or whatever. And all of a sudden, they come home and say, man, I bagged a good one, right? I, I got a 10-point buck. Look at this, man. And they mount it on the wall. It's like, yeah, three years ago, man, I, I, I got it. Boy, wow. Well, my wife does that sometimes, right? It's not for deer, okay? It's for like great deals. She'll be rolling in the house, right? She's got these bags and she'll be like, look what I bagged today, right? Look what I hunted down. What are you talking about? Well, I was in need of the coat, right? And I saw this coat I liked and it was $160, right? But it was on sale. They had a half price sale going on. So I waited and it was 50% off. And then I was like, ah. Eh. And then I went over to the clearance rack back there and I found the same coat for 20% off. And she's like, yeah, I got it for like $42. Woo. Right. It was like a big deal to her. I'm like, you go, honey, man. Way to, way to bag the good one. And, and some of you might think, man, that's crazy. You're, you're just, you're just, you're just cheap, right? Uh, why, why would you go through all that hassle to look for that good, best deal, right? Why would you go through that hassle of going to the clearance rack or being real budgetary on, on how you uh, spend your money? Uh, what's going on there? Well, I, I think we hearken back to what Jesus said about looking for people he could trust, looking for people who will leverage what he has provided for the eternal things, who can be trustworthy, who can be shrewd, who can be wise and be good stewards over things. You know, what we've learned through the years is that it's hard to be generous when we are not wise. It's hard to be generous when you're broke. And Terry and I don't want, we want to be generous. And so a lot of times we have to be more frugal and be more wise and even save so we get the opportunity to give and to bless other people. One, one of my blessings as, as a pastor is I get to know a lot of people, and, and I'm kind of a connoisseur of people and how they do life. And, and I've had the privilege to meet a lot of, I would say, maybe successful people, spiritually and even financial. And they found this balance where they just they realize what they have been given is from God, first of all, and they start managing and working it very well. And before I know, they get some promotions, and they be, they're, they're generous people. 
And I found that there's a combination of people who are wise and frugal over here are usually those who are the best givers and generous people. They have a high satisfaction of life. They have a high fulfillment of life because they've learned to be trustworthy in the small things. And I believe God trusts them to give them the bigger things in their life. So they are, they're wise as how they see wealth. They're wise in investing. They're wise in their spending. And the E, my friends, is for wisdom with emotions. See, I think this is a dirty little secret when it comes to taking care of business financially is that emotions uh, get involved. I mean, money management is very emotional, right? Let's just start with worry and fear. Have you ever felt like, uh, we're not going to have, a mu- have enough. What if I lose my job? Uh, how are we going to pay for that, right? And there's stress and there's fights and there's a lot of emotions. I'd also um, submit to you that a lot of times um, we get into financial um, messes sometimes because we have this emotion that we deserve it, that we need to keep up. We really start uh, secretly, privately feeling like maybe we're less because everyone else is doing that. Look what they're doing. Look what he's driving and she's wearing. And before you know it, it's like, man, if I'm going to feel good about myself, I need to buy that and do this. And, well, we don't have the money. Well, we'll find the money. Let's put it on a credit card, right? Because we have to look the part. Well, where is that coming from, right? Have you asked asked yourself, why do I feel like I have to spend so much? Why do I have to these these name brands, right? Why would I dare drive an older car, right? Because my neighbors are driving newer cars, right? Well, maybe there's something inside of us that is seeking, something is broken, something that, that, that is um, hurting inside. And we're not free, we're not whole, because we're always driven emotionally to spend or, or in fear. My friends, can, can I just share that we have a gospel, a gospel of freedom, freedom spiritually, freedom emotionally, and the gospel is a gospel of freedom financially. Because the gospel wants us to be content. That our contentment, our status, our identity, our wholeness, our peace, our joy doesn't come from what's in our driveway or what we're wearing or how we're keeping up or not keeping up. It comes from Christ Jesus. I think a lot of suburban people, man, we are working super hard to keep up and get our kids here and paying this and paying that. And our marriages and our soul is kind of crippled and and, and, and tension, right? And I think Jesus just kind of wants to hug us and say, come to me. In fact, Jesus said, come to me, all who are burdened, heavy laden, for I will give you rest. In other words, Jesus says, you don't have to live that way. You can live free. You can live with joy and wholeness and not always be chasing these things because your emotions are like, hey, I need those. We, we need those, right? And keeping up, there's a contentment and satisfaction and a, and a, and a hope that we can have when we don't have it. I think this Apostle Paul discovered this and tried to communicate this to one of his congregations in Philippi in chapter 4 when he, when he said this. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content. I've learned to be content. 
Remember, in America, they don't want us to be content, right? They want us to be discontented. And he says, I've learned. It's not like it happens overnight. It's not that I never have desires to say, man, I really like to have that, or I don't have that, right? But God can help us to learn to be content. Whenever the circumstances, I know what it is to be in need, Paul says. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content. Wow, how valuable is that? How rich is Paul for him to have a smile on his face and say, man, I'm okay. No matter where my income is or my situation, in every, in every, every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, here's the secret. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. He's learned that there's freedom in Jesus Christ, that his hope, his value is in Christ, that he doesn't always have to have his head down and say, man, I'm a less of a person because I don't make that, uh, that kind of income or I'm not wearing that or hanging out with these type of friends or, or going there. I, I just have a feeling sometimes like, like Facebook, man, sometimes can get us so down because everyone's posting their highlights, right? Uh, they're, they just got this brand new thing. Their kid's doing that. They're going here and you think, man, why am I doing that? We need to spend that money. We need to get on credit. And the next thing you know, we're trapped and we're strapped and we're stressed out. And God says, come to me. I will give you contentment. Let my joy fulfill you. Jesus was looking. God is looking for people who will leverage what he has provided for the eternal things like joy, like satisfaction, fulfillment, contentment, hope, love, faith in eternity. How are you managing the money that God has given you? How are you taking care of your business of financial management? Let me close with a story that really inspired me. There's a, a well-known pastor down in Texas, Robert Morse, with the Gateway Church, and he was sharing with his congregation that early on in his life, his, his wife and himself started learning these biblical principles of being good stewards. And in the 90s, uh, they made a decision as they were trying to raise their kids that they would stay away from credit cards. Um, they just didn't, they wouldn't avoid the temptation. It'd just be so easy to get uh, credit and get set back. And so there's like, okay, we're going to do whatever it takes to just live by cash. Uh, many of you maybe have heard about the envelope system and stuff. And so they just kind of got some cash and their, their ministry started heading out. And they always had a hope to go on vacation to Colorado. Um, but you know, that's kind of expensive to go on vacation, but they were frugal, they were wise, and they started, uh, saving some money for this vacation. And he started, um, uh, collecting these $100 bills. And he felt like if he got to like 10 of those, a thousand dollars, that would give him kind of a buffer to go on this, uh, vacation and be okay if something happened. So he shares that they, they got to Colorado and got their little cabin. And one morning he's out uh, kind of sitting and doing his devotions and just uh, living in contentment, right? And just praising God, being thankful that uh, God's provided this vacation. And he just couldn't help but think about those 100, those 10 $100 bills in his wallet. He's never really carried that much cash around, right? But he's got 10 of those in his, his wallet. And thank, thank you, Jesus, and we're going to have a great vacation. So that evening, they, they kind of splurged, and they went out to a, kind of a fancy restaurant. So him and his wife are, are sitting down at this restaurant, and they notice across the room that his family came in. And there's like three kids and some parents, and they sat down, they pick up the menu, 
And they kind of noticed that their parents started really looking over that menu. And you could tell that they were a little concerned, right? They're looking at each other, whoa, this is, this is high-priced stuff. And so they're kind of secretly watching this family, right? And, and all of a sudden, the guy, this was in the 90s, guy whips out a calculator, right? And he is calculating how much each one of the meals would be for his kids and them. And they're kind of looking in their head. And, and, and finally, it's like, oh, okay, they, they did it, right? And they're like, whoa, okay. Well, their food came. And then the, the Morse family... Um, watched his family, and they noticed that they, they prayed over their food. And so they're looking at each other and saying, well, this must be a, a, a Christian family, right? They're, they're very, very diligent about what they spend, and can they spend it? And then they're bowing their heads, and they kind of felt sorry for them. They're just being so intentional with their finances, right? And it was a big spin for them. And so the wife lifts over, and Robert says, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And, uh, and he's like, I, I think so. And she says, hey, do you still have those $100 bills? And he says, yeah, I got 10 of them in my wallet. And she says, man, let's go bless them. So after the meal, they, they walked over there and they introduced themselves and said, we couldn't help but notice that uh, you were praying for your meal. And we're Christ followers. Uh, uh, obviously, you're probably Christ followers. And we couldn't help but notice that you were doing your best to kind of manage uh, your finances for this expensive meal. And we've just come over because we want to pay for your meal. We want to bless you. And then he said to the children sitting there, he says, children, I want you to remember this day when total strangers across the room came over and paid for your parents' meals because these strangers saw your parents being trustworthy with the possessions that God has given them. And God want to bless them because the Bible tells us he could be trustworthy in the little, God will bless him with the much. And we want to bless you. I think that's the economy that Christ is teaching here, right? Is that he wants us to be shrewd, smart, and wise with the possessions and the resource, whatever it is in your life, to, to, to experience the eternal things, the things that will last here on earth, blessing people, building his kingdom, and eventually eternal life. Let's stand and I'll close this in prayer. Heavenly Father, it's been a good day just getting here on church, a bright, sunny morning. Maybe there's people that's having a good weekend. Um, they're at home watching us wherever they are. Um, but we need your Holy Spirit today. We, we need uh, your love as we um, go into the work week in our, in our life. And this morning's message, Lord, is, has been about leveraging what you have given us. Lord, if, if we have not been wise with the, the income, possessions that you've allowed us to have, forgive us, God. If we've been like the, the wasteful manager who is sloppy, not intentional, forgive us, God. You are the owner. You are the rich guy that allowed us to have what we have today. Help us to be thankful for what we have. Help us to be appreciative Maybe it's a little old. Maybe it's a little bit tattered, God, but help us to just appreciate and live in contentment, to live in simplicity, God, and, and the gratitude for, for your love for us. And God, if, if you would help us to just get wise uh, with our investments, get wise with our, um, our income and our emotions and our spending, God, for your glory and for the eternal things that will matter forever. 
Help us do this in your Holy Spirit's name, in your name, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen and amen. Well, God bless you. Thanks for uh, being with us and worshiping with us today. You're dismissed.